The lead pastor, Rob, he's, uh, he's out this morning. Um, I'd like to say that I'm somebody. I'm not. I ain't nobody. Amen. That's exactly right. But you know what, though? I'm excited. Man, I like, as, uh, this has been like a horrible week. I'm not excited because it was a horrible week. But this has been a horrible week. You know, it just seemed like there was one thing after another, after another, after another, you know. But here's the thing. It's those moments that, that God reminds us who's really in control. It really is. My, my desire, my heart's desire this morning is that, that God be glorified. That God's name be lifted up. That his spirit just moves us. And reminds us how close he is, how evident he is, how how consuming that fire is. And that, see, here's the thing. When, when God moves on you, all the fear, all the worry, all the stress, all the concerns, all the bothers, all the problems, all of them just start to melt away. They just melt away. If you would bow your heads, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you this morning because you're God. I thank you, Father, for a purpose and a plan. God, I thank you that this is your kingdom. These are your people, God. And, Father, I ask that you glorify your name. Father, that you let your name and your presence, God, be blessed among us. And, Father, that you would help us, Lord, to continue, Lord, to drop everything at your feet. God, to serve you and love you. Father, to, to fill our hearts with praise and our mouths with praise, God, simply because of who you are. Father, I pray, Lord, this morning that regardless of what's going on in anybody's life or Lord or their heart or their mind this morning, that, God, that you would just show up and reveal yourself to them. Father, that all distractions, God, would be moved. All fears, God, all worries would be moved. Lord, that any barriers, any walls, anything that we have, God, between us and you, Father, that all those things would be pushed off to the side. And that we realize, God, that, that regardless of who you use, you were able. God, you were willing and you were able. You were mighty to save as you've always been and as you will be today. Father, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. C.S. Lewis said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. You know, I'm going to read to you something, and, and this is really what I want to base this off of and, and launch from. But I want to remind you of something that you've heard, I mean, thousands of times. Thousands of times. In the book of Exodus the 14th chapter. And, and here we are, as, uh, as I get ready for this, here we are, we've got the children of Israel who have been in captivity with the Egyptians. God has already brought them to this point. He's already sent a deliverer. He's already sent Moses, who was prepared among God's people and prepared among the Egyptians. God sends him to lead them out. God shows sign after sign, wonder after wonder. 
all the while glorifying that he is the only true God. So here they are, Pharaoh has finally let them go. They're fleeing, and then they, they are encamped by the river. Where they find themselves is camped out between two mountains, a body of water that they can't cross, and all of a sudden, Pharaoh's army coming up. It says in, in verse 10 of chapter 14 of Exodus, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and they saw the Egyptians coming after them. The Israelites were terrified and they cried out to the Lord for help. They said to Moses, is it because there's no graves in Egypt that you took us to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we can serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. I'm not talking about like a stub toe kind of a moment. Man up. That's not what I mean. I'm not talking about like you've had a couple problems or, or, or maybe your check didn't come in time or whatever. I'm talking about actual Red Sea moments in your life when all of a sudden where you find yourself is completely encamped and circled around. You can't go to the left. You can't go to the right. You can't move forward. And everything is coming from behind you to destroy you. Have you ever been there? Okay, I'm the only one. I have. And see, here's the thing. It's those, it's those Red Sea moments that we don't realize are a blessing from God. I, I want to prove that to you here in a moment. But it's those Red Sea moments when everything is against you. Is your desire that you really want God to be radical? Well, it's going to take something radical to deliver you. God will show up. When it's going to take something amazing, God will show up. Because see, here was, here's the thing. We love reading about testimonies where God did something awesome. Where God healed Okay, but before the healing, there was sickness. When God showed up and showed out, but before the showing up and showing out, there was a whole lot of darkness and confusion. We want God to, to overtake and control our life, but up until that point, there was no control. None. See, it's easy to read about these, these moments, and it's easy to, to hear about it and say, yeah, I want some of that. But then, like, let a little bit of something happen. You're like, oh, God, you've forsaken me. I mean, I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about you, okay? <laughs> I am. See, here's the thing. And, and partly our, our Christian culture is to blame for our expectation. It really is. Because there's this modern-day idea in the Western church that, that Jesus wants us to have a trouble-free life. Problem-free, trouble-free. Uh, I mean, you, you look among, like, these top-selling books and some of the uh, well-known people, you know, your greatest day now, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, first off, that's not biblical. It's not. 
Because Jesus himself said, in this world you'll have trouble. But. And see, here's the other problem. Was it not the circumstances surrounding the children of Israel? Was it not the destruction that was looming on their doorstep? Was it not the fact that there was nowhere else to go that brought it where God could show up? It, it was the fact that, that nobody could do anything but God. And see, the problem is that we, we, we come to this place where we don't want any problems and any troubles or any, any expectations of any thorns apart from the rose. But unless that happens, God cannot be glorified. His name cannot be honored among the people who have never known him or ever seen him. I just want to like kick this thing over and just I don't know if you can break dance for Jesus but I wish I could can I share something with you the problem is not the problem the problem is not the problem it's not our circumstances that's giving us all the trouble it's not all the issues it's not all the things that surround us it's not the mountain on the left or the right. It's not the body of water that keeps you from moving forward. It's not the Egyptians coming to destroy you. None of those things are the problem. The problem is how we deal with the problem. See, they, they, they first thing first, they're, they're still putting it on Moses. You brought us out of Egypt. What about God? You brought us out of Egypt. I mean, what about all the things that the Lord did? What about the promises that God made? What about the bones of their forefather who was being brought out? What about the fact that God did it? See, initially they, they go right into, you brought us out of the wilderness to die, or you brought us out here in the wilderness to die. Why did you do this? The problem is, we forget God had a plan. If we take the expectation that we'd be happy if, if everything wasn't so hard, if everything wasn't caving in, if everything wasn't exactly the way I want it to be, I would be happy. No, the problem is, we don't receive the peace of God in the moment. See, it's those Red Sea experiences. By nature, they bring us to the hard questions, which either is, why am I here and what am I going to do about it? Which falls on the fact that we can change it. Can't. So when, when everything is exhausted and you've run out of that, and you realize that there is nothing I can do, and I have no idea where I'm going. That's when I say, 
God, here I am. What do you want to do about it? These are times that, that we have to be reminded we are where we are because God wanted to capture our attention. There's nowhere else to turn. There's nowhere to move. All the reliance is exhausted. And it's how we respond that determines our outcome. And like the Egyptians closing in, do you know that there's always going to be a sense of urgency? I, I was talking to somebody here a while back about I was praying for something. I knew God was going to do it. And I just said, why does he got to wait last minute? I mean, I know he's going to do it. Why wait? Why, why we got to do this thing last minute every time, God? I mean, I know you're going to. Do you, do you know that there's always going to be a sense of urgency? There is. There, it's always going to seem like we're running out of time. God's not bothered by time. So why Why wait? Because it's, it's that sense of urgency that really reveals who you are in your heart. It's that sense of urgency that makes us decide, are we going to be hasty and do this for God? How many times in the Bible do we see where people got in trouble because they wanted to help God out? Where they wanted to go ahead and say, you know what, well, you didn't say no, so I'm thinking it's a yes. Silence means yes. No, it does not. Silence means I'm silent. It means maybe, just not yet. So when we take it for a no or a yes, it's when we decide for God that because he hasn't answered us, because we're running out of time, because there seems to be something I need right now, he's not stopping me, so I'm going to do it. It's the surefire way to miss the purpose of God. It's the surefire way to, to miss God's miraculous in the moment you need it. See, there's always going to be something closing in. It's always going to be a matter of running out of time. It's the hastiness that gets us in trouble. But it's this sense of urgency that's supposed to help us. Do you believe that? It's this sense of urgency that's supposed to make us, if we're asking about hard questions, ask a little harder. If we're seeking God for something, then we need to seek harder. I'm running out of time. I don't have time to lose. I don't have time to waste. I don't have time to do this on my own. God, I need you. I'm not going to stop until you do it. I'm not going to stop until you show me or until you answer me or you bring me to wherever you want me to. It's that urgency that's meant to fuel us and push us towards him. It's that urgency that makes us desperately cry out, run to him, touch him with our faith, and trust him. Here's something else. Tell me of all the biblical accounts where Jesus healed, he forgave, he blessed. Tell me where any of those accounts, the people that, he, that received something from him, where they were comfortable and self-assured. They all had a common thread. You, you take the lepers, 
You take the people that, that push through the crowd to touch his hem of his garment. You take every single act that Jesus did, and they all have one common thread that weaves them right to Christ. He was moved by compassion. Compassion moved him. He saw their need. He saw their desperation. He saw the fact that they were crying out and looking to him and knew he was the only one that could do it. And it was that that moved the Savior's hand of compassion. Their unworthiness and their knowledge for absolute need in him moved him. In Exodus uh, 14, it goes on, says, But Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation. He will provide for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You have to be quiet. Can I tell you something? When we whine and complain, it's not going to get anything done. When we have anything but absolute trust for Jesus. It says, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp. As for you, lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. You, you know the rest of the story, don't you? Do, you? do you know how this ends? Of course you do. Here's the thing, it's that, it's that toppled domino feeling. You ever seen where they, they lined up thousands of dominoes and after everything's fallen over? Who wants to clean that crap up? <laughs> I mean, not me. Mm-mm. Sometimes that's how I feel in my life. I feel like I'm looking like a, at a bunch of dominoes that have all fallen down. And I'm thinking, oh man, where did I even start? I don't even want to pick this up. It's that feeling of not knowing where to begin. It's there that we have forgotten the greatest truth. Did God lead the children of Israel to that place at the Red Sea to kill them? Did he lead them there to, to make their faith waver? Did he lead them there because he had any other plans other than to Show great salvation and deliverance. Can I remind you of something this morning? I don't care what you're going through. I need you to remember, God made you for his glory. We are made for the fame of his name. He wants to bless you with his presence. He wants to show out in your life. He wants to show himself mighty and able to save. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're looking at. It doesn't matter what's coming against you. It doesn't matter how outnumbered you are. It doesn't matter any of those things. Past failure, experience, none of those things. God made you for his glory. He has a plan for you personally, not, not just as a church, not your spouse, not everybody around you. God has a plan for you personally. And until you surrender to it, 
Things aren't going to get better. I promise you. In the middle of wherever you are right now, God's plan and desire is to lead you out. Do you believe me? Either through the river or on top of it. You can walk on the water. Through the fires or through quenching them. Over serpents, over poison, over bitterness. No circumstance is impossible. Those resistance will lead you to absolute victory because he is. Can I tell you that nothing can stop God? Nothing. He's promised if we but trust and follow, we're victorious because he's victorious. I have overcome the world, Jesus said. We are overcomers because he overcame. He has no need of anything, nor will we. He speaks and life is created. By his word, the grave gives up its dead. By his word, the lepers are made whole. People are made whole. Sins are forgiven. Diseases fall off. Before his presence... All the hosts of hell led by Lucifer itself drops its knees and cowers and lays prostrate before his feet. By his works, even the most arrogant, narcissistic Nebuchadnezzars are brought low. Armies of thousands are sent to flight by only a few. God will fight your battle. There's nothing, and I mean nothing, and I mean nothing, and I mean nothing that can stand in God's way. And nothing that can stand in your deliverance. God wants to deliver you. See, you think you're running out of time? I feel like I'm running out of time. It exists to serve his purpose. Even time stands still when he tells it to. The clock rolls back. It says in Isaiah 26 and verse 3, you will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed or anchored on you because you trust in you. Here's where we miss it. It's, it's not about positive thinking. Where, where positive thinking gets it wrong is that just changing the way you think changes anything. It's not the way you think. It's why you think what you think. Do you, you see what I'm saying? It's not about positive thinking. It's about remembering who he is. It's about remembering his promises, remembering his character, remembering everything he said that he would ever do, and that he always follows through his word. Always. It may seem last minute, it may seem like he's waiting too long, but he always delivers. Because he's God. Because he can. See, the purpose of this Red Sea experience, whatever you're going through in your life, it is a blessing from God. 
It is. I know it's hard and it doesn't seem like it at the moment. And whatever is going on, it seems like anything but a gift from God. But if you've ever had one, and if you've ever had a moment where unless God came through, it was going to destroy you, you know what that does for you? It cements in your mind a milestone moment. It cements in your heart and your soul when God's anointing came through, when God's spirit came through. It's, it's that moment when you look back later on. Because, see, here's the thing, and, and I, was sharing with, uh, I was sharing with Kimmy just a little bit last night about this. See, like, we've even got praise backwards. Can I share something with you? You don't praise God to feel him. You praise God because you have felt him. After, after the Egyptians were destroyed, after the Israelites made it through on the other side, what did they do? They began singing praises to God. Do you know you can't praise God unless you've met him? You can't praise God unless you've experienced him? Until, okay, awesome. So here it is. God brings them to this place, and here they are at the Red Sea. Under the direction of God, Moses stretches out his hand and the rod. The waters are parted up on completely dry ground, and the children of Israel pass through. Pharaoh's army, who is seeking to destroy them, who wants to take them out, following after them. Here they are, they see in the middle of it, they see God doing something, but yet they harden their hearts and they chase after God's people anyway. So as God's taking them through, and the Egyptians are in the middle of the Red Sea chasing them, they begin to see that, oh no, I think we've gotten into too much. God seems to be fighting for them. I mean, you think now's a good time to think about that? They might would have turned back. But it was at that moment when the waters closed back down and everything that was chasing God's people was taken away and destroyed. God delivered them onto the other side, onto the direction of, of the purpose that he had for them. And everything that had surrounded them, God made a path where there was no path. Everything that was chasing them and they seemed outnumbered and unable to do anything about, God destroyed. And so it was after, after this moment of, of God showing yet again, I will save you. I will deliver you. That their hearts erupted in praise and singing. And true, that's, that's exactly what I want to get to is when, when God has made himself known to you, no one has to make you praise him. And they can't stop you. No one has to tell you to do anything because it's the explosion of your soul that wants to magnify him. It's the explosion of what he's done and who he is that you have no fear and you have no cares and no concerns if you look undignified. It's that explosion. God did it. He did it. And then, you know, like you said earlier, I was thinking about that last night, that God inhabits the praise of his people. And it's because 
those milestone moments, what God has brought you through, I want you to think about if you've, if you've actually, if you've met the Lord, if you stop and you begin to think about how God became real to you, it's like you can feel it all over again. It's like, it's like this, this rock that's, that brings out life. It just starts to bubble up all over again. And you begin to feel God's presence and you begin to feel his life and you begin to feel his love and his anointing. And it begins just spouting out and spewing out. And then if you've had other experiences, you begin to think about how God came through then too. And how God made himself real at that moment too. And how you felt that spirit like a, a river running through your belly. How God showed up and showed out. And then there's this expectation that if he did it, he'll do it again. He will show up again. Not because he has to, but because he wants to. Because he loves me. I am his chosen. You are too. It's, it makes us remember who he is and what he'll do. So I want to remind you this morning. Your unworthiness is the perfect canvas to paint his worthiness your inability is the perfect place to show his ability all the things surrounding you that are can'ts are the perfect example to show cans for God so let me ask you this morning what's God shouting to you in your pain do you feel surrounded do you feel like you're at, at a Red Sea moment are you needing God to do something? Is the pain shouting to you? It's time to answer back. If you guys good, go ahead and bring, um, start getting the song ready. Can I remind you that Jesus is more than enough for anything you need? As they, uh, as they get prepared and they get started, take a moment and let God be God in your life. If you've never known him, if you've never experienced him, if you've never met him, if you feel God drawing you close, today is a great day. But regardless of what's going on, I want you to know the Lord loves you. And his arm is never too short to save.